that the balance is that if there's good enough structure around it and clear mm. expectations, then our students are really up to the task and willing to take on by big chunks. Oh yeah, it's big chunks and ambiguity is a is a challenging combination. Well, did I tell you that in an exit slip? Mm -hmm. <laughs> on my first day introducing writing, I was have a. Is there anything more you'd like me to know, or anything you want to want to say? And so, several of them were like, I don't feel like this was as systematic or explicit as it could be. Like, I like these activities, but I don't know why I would do them. And I was like, oh, fair. Fair. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me revise my, my lesson plan for the next day. And, and they're, they're picking it up. So... Speaking of up, where are you flying off to today? I am flying to Washington to go to a conference, an How? artful conference. So, okay. So <laughs> as I myself admired in the, the teaching mm -hmm. um, intensity of an overload semester, you're living your best conference I, life. I am living my best conference life because I am uh, under teaching this semester. I mean... Or teaching just enough? Well, that's true. And I'm teaching weekends this semester. So I spent okay. all of last Saturday with um, our teachers um, who are part of our grant. And I'm going to spend all of next Saturday with them. And so I just shifted the load to a different time zone mm -hmm. so I can have this opportunity to go and really partake in the conference life, which I have done more than I think I've ever done in my life. I mean, it feels like I never see you anymore <laughs> because you're always somewhere where it's either an hour ahead of me or an, an hour, hour behind. behind me. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're just out I, there living yeah. the conference life. So, so speaking of conferences, in, when you think about um, going to conferences, what do you remember about your first conference? Where did you go? Well, before we go there, oh, yeah, okay. Before we go there, yeah. Welcome to Not That Kind of Doctor. I'm Dr. Nicholas Hughesby. I'm an assistant professor here at, uh, or not an assistant professor, associate professor. Associate professor. Come on. Oh, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> um, of elementary literacy education K6 here at UNL. And this is Guy Training. I'm a professor of education here at UNL. And today we're talking conferences. Yes. Uh, which I have grown to love, and I've always had a problematic relationship. I want to know more about that because I am growing not to love. Okay. And so when you when before before I pushed yeah. into our our intro, mm -hmm. um, you'd asked about my first conference, and I want to say that my first conference as a teacher mm -hmm. was. The International Reading Association, back when they were still the International Reading Association, now they're the International Literacy Association, um, conference in Toronto. And I went as a teacher mm -hmm. and kept saying, as we're crossing the border into Canada from Michigan, because I lived in Michigan at the time, oh, I'm going to the IRA conference, which did not at that point in time <laughs> hit very well. And I couldn't figure out why. 
and got lots of questions. But anyway, so it was it was that was my first kind of introduction to like this is what a research slash practitioner conference looks like. And I had had folks that I had studied with at Michigan State who were mm-hmm. there, so they helped me kind of navigate and what was happening and going on. But as a as a practitioner, I was like, what is going on? What can I bring back on Monday yeah. and do with my students? And so that was a really different perspective than later on when I would go to, say, NCTE, which I mm-hmm. think was my first big conference as a researcher, yeah. was a much different kind of experience. Because it was, I wasn't necessarily looking for ideas to implement in my classroom. I was thinking through and about who else is doing work in my mm-hmm. general field, which at that point was really multimodality and literacy and networking with those kind of folks to figure out what kind of projects are they doing? Are there opportunities to, um, to interact with one another, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so those are my first two like big conferences. What about you? For me, the first one was uh, the uh, ARA, American Educational Research Association meeting in New Orleans, of all places, for the first time. And that was definitely a research conference. And I was a doctoral student at the time. So um, I came at it from who's doing work in that field? Mm -hmm. What else is happening? And ARA is enormous. It's over 10,000 people most times. Post-pandemic things have changed a little bit, but there were probably 12 to 14,000 people there. Lots of sessions over multiple buildings. I think we had four hotels um, and all the conference rooms are there. And you're just trying to navigate. This was in the days where there was a book still and you flip through the 80-page book. You carried it around. They gave you a tote bag. Yes. Just for the the catalog. Yes. Uh. And you're quickly trying to find out where to go. There wasn't anything searchable. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a key at the end, and you could just like, oh, I'm interested in writing. Okay, there's 72 sessions about writing. (laughs) That's not super helpful. (laughs) All the sticky notes? Yes. And they were color-coded? Oh, for you, they were colored, yeah. I have never sticky-noted that one. But... Um, mm. But I, I was excited. Um, I found it really intellectually stimulating in a way that sometimes, especially, I'm, again, again, going back, I went to University of California, Riverside, which is a, a UC, but it's not one of the big ones. And also coming from Israel, I'm like, I don't know where I am even on this map of research. So the most exciting thing for me was to find out, yeah, I'm about where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I can have a discussion with people who are doing research in the field without feeling like a complete idiot. So a little less imposter syndrome. That, that's re- that was the biggest thing. We were not presenting at that conference. We presented in the following conferences the work we were doing at the time uh, in early reading. So I've, I've learned that piece. So the first time I went, we didn't actually have a presentation, which was very freeing in some ways. Uh, but the being overwhelmed, but just the, the sheer size of everything and running between sessions and finding out what is a round table, what are poster sessions and all that, because it was all new to me. Right. And there's, there's all of these, like, like, I'm, I'm exhausted thinking about all the travel you're doing right now. 
Yeah. Because I keep thinking about, and here's part of the reason why I'm like, ugh, conferences. Yeah. What are we doing together? Like, yeah. do we need couples therapy? I don't quite know because I just look at a conference and think, what is the value added yeah. to who I am and what I do at that particular point in time? Because with the advent of just social media, digital yeah. technology, like networking is not as difficult as I feel like it might used to have been. Right? Like, so, yeah. so establishing and maintaining those connections is easy. And, and also realizing that at the, at the, 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 spot where I am in my career, like, I've kind of got my people, yes, my, my academic and which siblings, is yes. my academic peer group, and I kind of know who they are and am in general touch with them, even when we're not in conferences. And so thinking about what is it that this conference is going to do for me? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Is an interesting question. And changes as we're moving from like grad student to yes. assistant professor to associate professor. <laughs> to associate professor. When which, you remember it, which I I am I am an associate professor. I am an associate professor. Period. I don't know. Yeah, whatever that. Means. So I and I think that you're right that you have to always think about the costs, right? There are personal costs and there are... Costs and costs. Yes. Like, yeah. Time and energy. Time, energy, and the fact that if you're not on campus uh, teaching, Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a backlog of things that you took three, four days and you're away. It's still waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And you have to undo that. And that's discombobulating. Definitely, if there's a time difference, and that that hurts as well. Um, The second cost... And I hate bringing this, but it's very important, I think, for justifying. There's a cost. Uh, there's an environmental cost. You get on an airplane, you travel, you do all of these things. It's got to be worth it. You're not just going um, for the fun of it I, because that has a cost. And also, it may not be as fun <laughs> as you'd like it to be. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of like the last... Like, conferences, I feel, are stressful, particularly if you're presenting or if you're on the board for that particular Mm -hmm. organization or, like, it's stressful because of, like, life is still going on. My class is still moving forward. Like, I have planned for them to be doing stuff while I'm gone, but chances are they're going to have questions. Email is piling up. Um... Normally, like you always have the best intentions. Oh, my presentation will be done before I get on the plane, or I'll do the presentation on, on the, plane. the plane. And then I miss half the conference yeah. because I'm putting together my presentation. My yeah. favorite conferences are the ones where I present first, first day. slot <laughs> because I have to have it done. Yeah. Yes, and, and then, then it's move, over, right? Yes. And then I'm 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 through it. Like it's it's great, but that so rarely happens, even though I often request it. Yeah, <laughs> right, but. So there's, there's, for those who are teaching, pro tip, I feel, is if there's a conference that you think you're going to, as you're pulling together your course schedules at the beginning of the semester, build that in, make notes for yourself, like, oh, this is going to be an online asynchronous day, here's what you're going to do, here's how it fits within the larger scheme so you're not playing catch up because you go to this conference 
it's a lot of energy and you come back and you have to exert a lot more energy to get caught up versus if you can do some planning, it's a little bit more helpful. Yeah, and, and as a result, for for the longest time, both as a graduate student, I just went when I could, and that has a lot to do with money, and mm -hmm. we'll talk about that in a second. But um, I used to have, as a young faculty member, I used to have two conferences. I had a fall conference and a spring conference, and mm -hmm. my fall conference was usually, not always, what is now LRA and used to be NRC, um, mm -hmm. so the Literacy Research Association, and before that, it was a national reading conference. Um, and so uh, that was a place, and that was a much smaller. Uh, so we talk about ARA in this huge mm -hmm. 12,000, 14,000. This is a much smaller conference, and that's a conference that for a long time I felt at home at. It was a smaller group of people that I got to know, lots of conversations, lots of networking that I found more useful. Mm -hmm. Because it's really hard to network when you get to a space with 12,000 people. Yeah. And, and you're like, I don't know who to talk to and what to talk about. And eventually I found my way around that. But that, those are challenges. So when you say, I'm not sure what I'm gaining, I think it's important to say, especially what, what do you gain early in your career when you're going to conferences? Well, I feel early in, earlier in my career, it was a lot about... Like, I can sit back and say, oh, I'm in touch with my peer group who mm -hmm. do similar work to me as I yeah. do because I went to those conferences yeah. early, right? Like, it was an opportunity to meet these folks person in person, mm -hmm. and then we transitioned that relationship into email, texting, et cetera, et cetera, shared Google Docs. So, like... Um, that's not to say that there wasn't a function early in my career. It helped me think through also, like you had said earlier, where's my niche? Mm -hmm. Where's my space? Yeah. Um, I never don't feel like an imposter, so I'm not quite sure what that's like. So I'm going to work on that. Like, mm -hmm. how, how do conferences help you not feel like an imposter? Uh because that, I feel like, never goes away. No, it doesn't entirely but, go away. In every space, there's a moment where you're like, is this my space? I think uh -huh. it, it's there always. But you can own a, a part of that space, especially in smaller groups. And so if you find um, ARA has special interest group, AACTE has um, tags, mm. topical action groups. The word action is fantastic in there. Um, and so it's, it's a way to create a smaller group mm -hmm. where you actually get to know people. Uh, at ARA, for a long time, I was part of the motivation special interest group. There's always a dinner. Mm -hmm. If you're a student or a young faculty member, go to that dinner. And it's you, always fun. And your strategy, you've mentioned this before, yeah. uh, when we were talking about networking, which maybe we can tile it somewhere here. I don't know how that works anymore. <laughs> um, but you would sit next to someone, you'd get up, yes. you'd move, and sit, and sit next to someone yeah. different because you are a gregarious social butterfly. And I've, I had to teach myself how to do that mm -hmm. because the instinct is to stay with your people. And I always show that with, with one or two people from UNL who are with me. And then it dawned on me, why am I sitting with the people I talk to three times a week? I mean, one of them was Kathy Wilson, a great friend, but I was literally mm -hmm. in her office twice a week talking about 3.11, 3.13. How are we going to teach? What are we going to do? How are you doing this? How are you doing this? All of that is like, why am I sitting next to Kathy? 
the only person I know here, but it is our instinct to go to the place that is safe. And that's when I started having the strategy of just grabbing my chair and moving somewhere else and having a conversation between courses kind of thing. It was a little bit more strategic than that. Yes. <laughs> because that would make, that would give me such social anxiety. But I would go to, like you said, index yeah. who's doing work in mm -hmm. the field within which I work. And I would have some pointed conversations with them. So like... I'd have done a little bit of background knowledge, like that's how I met oh, wow. my friend Candon Store Stevens, mm -hmm. who's at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Like that's how we met as grad students, because I knew she was doing work around multimodality and particularly sound, and that was fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would, you know, kind of stalk and be like, hey, what's up? You know, but also at that same time, Karen Woolwind, who was on my on my committee, was also very good. And this is something that, as an associate professor, I need to mm -hmm. be thinking about as mm -hmm. my students, as my graduate students yeah. are going to conferences as well. Um, she was a delightful lever for mm -hmm. introducing me yeah. to people. So like oh, this is Jennifer Rousel. Oh, this is Cynthia Lu Like, yeah. So people that were doing really important work and continue to do really important work in my field, mm -hmm. I had introductions to them. They knew who I was. So when I ran into them at the airport, it would yeah. be like, hey, how is life? Da, 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 right? So that's, so that function of conferences has changed as well. Yeah. But getting to know those people was super handy, but I was a bit more targeted in yeah. terms of like my own introductions. Yeah, and, and I think that would be helpful. And it, I was just not that uh, thoughtful and not that organized. I think there's a pattern there. I let things <laughs> fall <laughs> where they may. So tip of the hat, that, that Sarah Vandersanden yeah. taught me how to do that. She's at University of Northern Iowa, and she was so thoughtful. Like, mm -hmm rooming with her yeah. for a conference and seeing how she organized her thinking around, I'm going to go see this person for this reason, yeah. this person for this reason. Yeah. Like as a, as a first year yes. grad student kind of blew my mind. Yeah. And I, I think especially I when you, that. when I go with students, I do a few things. One is I help them plan. Mm -hmm. So I am planful from that perspective. Who is at this conference that you want to meet? Who is this at this conference? Even you want to just hear because there are some names in our fields, especially when you're early, that are the biggest names. And you want to hear them at least once in person. You want to hear mm -hmm. what they're doing and thinking right now. Because if you're reading an article, they wrote it three, four years ago mm -hmm. with data for maybe two more years. So you're reading about what they thought five years ago, maybe four years ago. Now they're doing and thinking about something else. And that's what, when you ask why go to conference, that's one of the reasons. Is you're hearing about what people are doing right now that they will publish in a few years, unless they're actually working it backwards. Because for me, I'm looking for the newest thing when I go mm -hmm. to a conference. And this is also what I'm presenting. I'm presenting what I haven't published yet. Not what I've already published. I know some people do it that way because it's an opportunity to go. 
but um, for me, it's future-oriented because if I'm going and I'm presenting about what I'm doing right now, I'm getting free feedback. Not so free because you're paying for the conference, but I'm getting yes. feedback on the work. I'm getting ideas. I'm getting some citations. I'm getting some critique at a low, at least most of our conferences, do not have really people jumping at you or criticizing you in a negative way once in a while that happens, but most of the time it doesn't. And so it supports me in developing those manuscripts going. So that's a reason to go. Mm -hmm. And the, the other thing, and my metaphor is really making a pilgrimage. And that is that one of the important things about making the pilgrimage is not being in the place as much as being on the way and creating that, that sense of being in another, in a, in a sacred space. And I want to use this really carefully, but... I'm interested in where yeah. this is going. Yeah, but in that you, once you get up from your office and you go to Chicago, New Orleans, in my case, Washington DC now, or wherever you're going, you are not in your office, your students are far away, you can make the agreement with yourself to ignore your email for a few days, or to take care of it early in the morning and then not do it, whatever. But you, you have space to have conversations and to listen in a way that I think in our daily academic lives, we'd like to pretend that we sit at least an hour and a half a day and read professionally, but most of us don't. We just don't have enough time. And we definitely don't have enough time, I think, to have really deep conversations that are at the edge of where research is. So I find that ability to say, for three days, this is what I'm going to be doing, powerful. All the conferences that I've participated on online, and I've loved them because I didn't need to get out of my office, mm -hmm. and the cost is minimal. You're paying for the participation, but you're not traveling, you're not wasting time, you're not parking your car. All of that is fantastic, but I find that I go to three sessions maybe. I go to my session because I kind of have to, and then I go to two more sessions that I really, really want, and everything else I have great intents, but I never actually get to them because I'm still in my office, people knock on the door, mm -hmm. I have tasks that I feel like I'm at, I'm at work. I should be doing all of this work. And so it's not happening quite as effectively. I think that is, the, that is why the face-to-face -face conference, even post-pandemic, is surviving, is that it provides that space. And in my case, also a delightful way, especially during social events, to find new uh, emerging scholars and have productive conversations with them that may end up, in my case, may end up with some collaboration, may end up with us never meeting again, but still that energy of, of young, uh, young <laughs> well, well, researcher well, we're getting into vampire. is fantastic. Yeah, are, you an, are you an energy vampire? Um, I, no. Okay. Yes. Yes? No. Yes, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. I enjoy it's that important energy. To come out as a vampire. Thank you. Thank you. I support you. I feel supported. I've been seen. Okay, good. <laughs> good. It explains the black today. Yes. So. All right. But and, yes. and, and the shades going. So I, I do want to highlight one other kind of pro yeah. tip that was important as you were talking is the, when we're thinking about conferences, utilizing that space as a way to play with data, yeah. play with analysis, get some feedback on it and turning that then into a manuscript that you then send out for publication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Because that, 
one of the things that I do miss about conferences as we're thinking about these like conferences as kind of liminal spaces where we're neither here nor there is my my conference group we would always come together find a coffee shop and we would work like yeah. we would literally write for about three hours with each other mm-hmm. and it's not so common now that we have that that common time together so yeah. we could be like hey, when you are at a spot where you can stop, can I run this by you? This is what I'm trying to think through and Mm -hmm. work my way through. And so the ability to have that writing time together, that work time together, there's something really powerful about that. There's something really powerful about um, being in that space. So like when I went to the conference in Dublin Mm -hmm. this past summer, one of the things that was so powerful about being there was it pushed me through some stuff, some writing that I didn't have time to get to, that I didn't have the time and space and brain energy to get to. And so just pointing that out. And and you speaking of Dublin reminded me that in the big conferences, not necessarily in the small one, or depending on, for example, um, the Society for Comparative uh, International Education, um, what we're talking about is also the opportunity to meet international scholars. Mm -hmm. And that presents with new opportunities to do some interesting research that is not so confined locally. I love my local context. And I think it's really important to work in our local context first and foremost. But international collaborations opens up the idea that we can learn from other places <laughs> and they can learn from us and we can have honest conversations about this. I'm, I'm laughing because that's one of the one of my disappointments about that Dublin conference was that it was the first like international conference mm-hmm. post COVID lifting. Like yeah. not that we're post COVID, like COVID's yeah. still around, but you know what I mean. Um, and it was a very American slate. And mm. so I got there and I looked at the looked at the program and was like, oh, that's not the function. It's <laughs> not how this is supposed to function. This could be St. Louis. Oh, this could it could be St. Louis. It could be Columbus, yeah. Ohio. It could yeah. be it could be anywhere. And so that was a little bit of a drag. But sometimes sometimes it, it's a crapshoot. So what are your conferences? I don't know. Actually, I'm in <laughs> what for, used to be your conferences. What used to be my conferences? Um, so, what used to be my conferences were uh, LRA, so mm-hmm. Literacy Research Association, and then also thinking about uh, NCTE, so National mm-hmm. Council of Teachers of English, uh, IRA, International Reading Association, um, and then the Association of Literacy Educators and Researchers. Mm-hmm. So, those were kind of my big conferences and did you alternate um, oh did you go to all of them each year i didn't go to all of them each year okay i would i would go here here and there and what i what i've kind of where i'm at in this conferences what are we to one another yeah what is our role Mm. uh is really trying to think through where folks are grappling with the same questions I'm grappling with. Mm -hmm. And it's tricky to figure out where those people are right now, right? Like, 
my research interests have shifted and changed mm -hmm. and evolved. Yeah, and that requires remapping for and, sure. And that requires some remapping of the terrain, right? And and I've actually found there's a there's a small private conference called Learning to Teach that gets convened every mm -hmm. once in a while, and that's actually been my favorite set of conferences ever because it's normally we go in, we dive into this is what teacher preparation looks like right now. Uh, and there's, there's some time to present a little bit of work, but it's a lot of actual like collaborative work time and space mm -hmm. around these ideas of, of teacher education. And that's how I always thought about the LRA morning groups. If you wake up early enough, I think they're 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, but imagine like four days of yeah, that. Yeah, that'll be right? fantastic. So, like, yes. the, so I, I get a little spoiled. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about... Um, the assembly of research for mm -hmm. Nick Tier as being another space that I think I want to get back to because yeah. that's really about you know getting into the work of the research and how we're talking about the research and LRA and CTE have kind of started to feel a little bit like high school mm. yeah where, where like you've got your clicks yeah and I'm not so much interested in in that at this yeah. point in my my career i'm i'm really interested in okay so what like the world is burning yeah. to go back to your yeah. like what's the cost of yes. this plane ticket and the fuel and mm -hmm. like the world is burning public education is being dismantled the roles and professionalizations of teachers mm -hmm. is be constantly being called into question what are we doing? What are we doing about it? Yeah. Like, and and if we're not having actual conversations about that, I'm not particularly interested. Yeah, and um, and that's why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was not the turn I was expecting, <laughs> but okay. Um, for me, that has really transformed. I used to do LRA and ARA for many years. Those were my two. ARA was my big. You get ideas from somewhere else. You go and, and sample different ideas um, and usually say, well, that's nice, but not for me. But you get that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, LRA was my more like home. This is where I'm learning and I'm working with other people. That has really transformed. And right now, the Society for Information Technology and Teacher Education is kind of mm -hmm. my home. It's a very small, very friendly conference. Um, you get to talk to a lot of people that are doing similar things or things that at least are adjacent. Great conversations about AI mm -hmm. in, in the last year. And I love the fact that there were really balanced conversations because the world is burning and AI may be actually putting gasoline on top of this. Conversation for another time. But it has some great Way potentials. Way to stress me out. Yeah. You're Way welcome. to go. Well, you're welcome. And so uh, that's, that's a way for, for me to think about this. And then I sample AACT is the one I go to uh, as, uh, probably most often. Um, and that is because it is in the center of my work life as a teacher educator. I get great ideas. 
and I have conversations about system change within uh, teacher education that we're not really having in other places, and especially the ability to innovate around uh, diversifying the teacher workforce and those kind of things. That has been a lot of energy for me. I wonder if I just went on a bad year. Because my AACTE e conference experience was, has not been great. Yeah, and, and you've got to be really selective um, in what you're doing there and who you're talking to. And, and it, I've had different experiences in different mm -hmm. years. But it's been really productive for a work-life kind of perspective. Um, so let's go, let's go into the cost, especially for graduate students. How do graduate students actually go? considering how much flights are now and hotels and all of that. So some of my strategies when I was a graduate student was what's, what's nearby? Mm -hmm. Like Absolutely. what is close? What is within driving distance? Are there other folks that I could go with? Are there people I can share an Airbnb with? Like, so because we didn't have funding available to mm -hmm. us for, for conference travel. Some institutions do, some yeah. have scholarships, some have grants that fund those conference experiences. But in graduate school, a lot of that was around, oh, what can I actually get to? Yeah. And, and will it be enough of a match? And can I get other people to go with me to kind of split that cost, right? Yeah, so those like, are... How many times? How many times is my SUV filled with people driving to yes a conference because we were all grad students and poor, yeah. right? Like, and so that's one way. Uh, the second thing is um, if you're a graduate student, especially or a young faculty member, uh, remember that the hotel where everything is happening is probably going to be too expensive. Mm -hmm. There are always options that are a little bit farther away within walking distance or an Uber drive, and it's completely worth it. If you have your own car, if you're, you know, everybody getting into somebody's car and getting in, it gets even easier because then it's easy. The only problem is in major cities, parking for the day yes. can be a real challenge. So you've got to, that's got to be part of your plan. Uh, always ask for funding. Always ask. Mm -hmm. You don't know what money is available, and if you don't ask, you're definitely not getting. Uh, right now at UNL, you can ask from the uh, graduate college and from the from our own college and from the department. Nobody is giving you coverage for the whole thing, but everybody is giving you a little bit, and you can cobble it together. If you have an advisor, you're working on a research grant, ask if it can cover it, and it's always, always, always better if you actually have a presentation. Mm -hmm. on the conference. So always send, if you intend to maybe go, send a few proposals, increase your odds of being, of actually representing, and then it's much easier to advocate for funds. Also, it gives you feedback, again, going back to, if you've done research, this, this will give you feedback. And, um, and some organizations have some limited, very limited mm -hmm. travel funds that you can apply for. So check also the organization. They, it's never a lot, but it is a little bit. And any little bit can help in that trying to cobble and go. Because I think, especially as a young scholar, it is incredibly important to go and get to know people, network, mm -hmm. listen to what's happening, and also understand, going back to my ongoing discussion about genre, understand the genre of what does it mean to do a conference presentation, which is 12 minutes long with three minutes for questions and answer. That's very different than And it's usually all else. lit review. Yes. Don't do Please that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. 
Oh that, my gosh. If you're spending more than one minute on your lit review, it's too much. We came, we come to your session to hear what you have to say and innovate. Give them three. Okay. Be kind. Like, what can you do in a minute? Um, say, here's my lit review on the slide. You can read it in your <laughs> in spare time. In three minutes, you can give them, here are the three big spots <laughs> yes. in my lit review. Yes. Here's a really quick sentence about each of them. Here's some citations. There's a Google Doc that gives you the yes. whole citation if you want it later. Yes. But yeah, like, um, also think through, if it, at a real nuts and bolts level, look at early bird registration. And because oftentimes early bird registration will be slightly less expensive. And student. Yes, so, so grad student levels, early bird registration, um, sometimes early bird registration from like a budget perspective for me at times wasn't worth it. Yeah. Like to if it's, outlay the money. If it's $15 or $20, it's not enough of right. a difference. If it's $100, then that's, that's a bigger difference. Also thinking about the scale of the conferences, um, some of the smaller conferences are less expensive to go to. And yeah. you get, so one of the things I always enjoyed about us, about the smaller conference like NICTIR, the Assembly of Research, was you're forced to have FaceTime mm -hmm. with some bigger scholars in yeah. the field because of how the nature of that is set up. And there's more stuff included yeah. in that conference fee. So like... Oh, you mean all my snacks are included yeah. here for the entire yeah, yeah. day, so I don't necessarily need to pay for lunch, those kinds of things. So, yeah. so playing those things out um, and leveraging those smaller conferences that are going to be a little bit cheaper mm -hmm. over the... Maybe lo more local. More local, more regional, et cetera, et cetera. So like those, I find that to be helpful um, as I'm thinking about how to afford it. Absolutely. All right. So we talked a lot about conferences. We want you to go, but also be really thoughtful about where you're going. My biggest question, and this is something I always grapple with because I always get to that point in the conference where I feel like my brain is completely full and I don't know how to process anymore. Mm -hmm. What's your strategy to, to avoiding the burnout or dealing with it? Oh, so I have what my friends have called buffering phase, mm -hmm. <laughs> where like I get I have my my handy mm -hmm. dandy notebook and mm -hmm. I'm just I'm not really processing I am just recording yeah and I'm and I'm kind of color coding a bit as I'm recording and on the way home or as I like have a moment of downtime I'll go through my notes and think through this is what I want to come back to so I engage in that like shifting. But I'm not as intellectually engaged as I'm kind of trying to take everything in. It's not until after that I'm trying to like figure out, okay, yeah. the so what, what is it about this mm -hmm. experience, this conference yeah. that was important to me that I get to like sift through it and make some more sense of it, which has some pluses and negatives, mm -hmm. right? Like it helps with my endurance. Yeah. In terms of getting through the conference versus like day one, you're bright and fresh. And like yeah. day three, you're like, can I go home now? Yeah, I can't do this so. anymore. Yeah. So like it allows me to by day four 
be like, okay, yeah, I got some stuff to think about. Yeah. Um, so endurance is great. And then it also gives me some stuff to reconnect with presenters around. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I was thinking about yeah. this in the airport. Yeah. Can you talk to me more about this? So it, it's this, like, way to continue that networking piece. Yeah. Which is nice. But that's kind of my strategy. And it seems to work for me. Yeah, my strategy, as expected, is completely different. Everything, everywhere, all at once. No, it is social. So I sit either with colleagues. (laughs) Usually, the the two, and this is what I learned on my first first conference at ARA in uh, New Orleans. And that is, we had a dinner. uh, My mentor, uh, Bob Calfee, had his students from all the years, whoever showed up at ARA, there was a dinner mm-hmm. with Bob and everybody else. Bob was paying. That was very good as a graduate student, right? <laughs> and But we got to meet and, and talk to others and talk about the conference and talk beyond the conference and obviously talk and tell Bob stories because that's required. Who doesn't love Bob stories? That is, that is where it's at. That is where I learned that my experiences with Bob were not unique in any way, which was a relief. <laughs> but a uh, story for another time, maybe when we talk about comprehensive exams or uh, whatever you're calling them in different institutions, that will come up. But uh, what I've learned, and this is what I do, I either sit with, uh, with students or people who were my colleagues at one point or another and we know each other during lunch or, or in the early afternoon and just debrief together. What did mm-hmm. you see that you thought? Because through talking to somebody else, I start grasping with the idea of what did I actually see that I care about and mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm going to roll with. And the advantage of, the, so, of that social aspect is you're hearing about what other people saw which may be very different, which may actually be something you want to follow up on. Mm-hmm. And if I have graduate students coming with me, which I try to have as much as possible, that's an opportunity because you're doing both things. You're learning about what, they're, what they've heard, you're processing yourself, but you're also teaching them how to process, which is, I think, an important thing because you can go to a conference and come back and not remember anything if you're not intentional about it. Right. And then going back to, is it worth it? It's not worth it at that point. Yeah, not if you're not able to synthesize any of that, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed in Dublin that was happening is as people are leveraging digital tools, my organization Mm -hmm. had to change a bit, right? So, like, one of the things that I found myself doing there is I relied less on my notebook and more on my Google Drive. Like, I would add, people would make sure. their presentations available. I'd add them to my Google Drive. I'd have notes going alongside of that. Like, so that was really interesting. It was a different different way to be engaged in that conference mm-hmm. um, that I hadn't expected. Yeah, and I, and I think about the other benefit that we've talked about, and I want to just kind of, why is it important to go to conferences? I think that part of the publishing process, it, is really the critical element for me. It pushes you to write and get something out there. Mm -hmm. It gives you feedback on that something, whatever it may be. It's an opportunity to go to sessions with editors Mm -hmm. who talk about how to get published, what are the most common mistakes, what are the things that you should avoid and all of that. There's always a session. Go to them, especially as a young scholar. You learn every time you listen. 
something new, something different, and you also can have a conversation with an editor. And I've seen a few editors, especially in the big conferences, actually walking through a poster session, giving their cards and saying, I like this. When you finish the paper, I want you to submit it. So mm -hmm. you're, you're getting a, a hook into the publication process that can be highly supportive. Ooh, and a callback. Yeah. Additionally, as you are establishing that network, you're also thinking about within your tenure process, if you're in a tenure track position, mm -hmm. people who can provide commentary on yeah. your contributions to the field. Yeah, that's so very true. One of the pieces that you'll have to do as you move from assistant to associate is provide a list of people who are able to talk to and about your larger contributions. And a lot of the people that I supplied in my listings were from people I met at conferences. See? All the way back. Look at me work. All the way back. Coffee finally to kicked in. Okay. To, to assist an associate. Yes. Yeah, see? Now it looks like I planted that. <laughs> Edit this so it makes it look like I did that. Make it look like I'm smart and caffeinated when neither of those things were true at that point in time. Can that happen? Please. No, I'm getting I'm getting a head shake now. No. It's okay. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Life on YouTube. All right. So, so conferences. Conferences are fun, but you have to be thoughtful about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be thoughtful and sometimes a vacation's okay. Yes. Like COVID has mm -hmm. been really helpful in getting to, for me, to, to think about where are the organizations doing the work mm -hmm. that I'm most interested in. And uh, if those organizations don't exist, where do I find those, those conferences? Like, those where, opportunities. Where do I find, where do I find, where do I find my people? Um, Versus you, you are just all over the place. I am a little bit. I'm always looking. At, and I think that's a, where, where I am in my career and in my family life. I mean, we didn't mention the fact, if you've got young kids, some mm -hmm. conferences will give support. Travel is still expensive. Right. That made it that for a long time I, went to, I was the king of the 48 hours at a conference, including travel time. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was special. Um, and now I take a little bit longer and I'm enjoying it a lot more because in 48 hours you present twice and then you, you, you interface with people once, you have one lunch, and you go to two presentations. That's all you have. I'm trying to figure out something clever around promiscuous and conference going and I'm not having any, not mm. having any luck. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. But... Um, so it feels like we've covered some basics around yeah. conferences, which is good. Be thoughtful. Ask for funding if it's there. Uh, think about scale. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately make it useful. Mm -hmm. Like you should be able to pull that back into your work. So, yeah. What are we talking about next? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. So if you have suggestions. Well, don't look at me, look at them. If you, if you have, have suggestions, suggestions, comment down below. And I believe the young ones are saying smash. Smash? Smash that okay. like button. 
Oh. I don't know. And subscribe. Yes, like, we're please. a magazine. I don't know how that's going to work. But, yes, if you have ideas, if you have things you want us to tackle, either in this season of Not That Kind of a Doctor or our next season, let us know, because we're always working on ideas. So, And we're not that kind of doctor. We're not that kind of doctor. Obviously. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> See you in the next one. <laughs>